are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, my name is Umar Hamid and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast where we explore mindset, how leaders grow their people, their teams, their organizations, and their revenue. Looking for more? Join us on the Mindset Boosters group. You'll find the link in the show notes. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of having Hardy Haverland here with me today. Some days, he's in the top 100 podcasts on Apple Music. Hardy, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Omar. <laughs> There's been uh, you know, this, this notion that there are no new ideas, and podcasting just really is radio in a different format that's more convenient. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, totally. And I really, really love the format because... Uh, you can really have in-depth uh, conversation with friends and guests. And I've met so, so many cool people on the podcast. I've had a couple of billionaires on the show, lots of people nice. doing hundreds of millions in sales. And yeah, I really, really love podcasting. So Brilliant. So here's something just from yesteryear. It was like in the late uh, 1890s that if you were in Manhattan, you could get your phone, you know, like wind up phone yeah. and call yeah. the Philharmonic and you and your family could hear what the orchestra was doing live and that was like streaming in the 1890s can you believe that <laughs> yeah it's, it's strange like <laughs> i'm sure it sounded really I'm probably crap, too but... young for that <laughs> yes uh, me too believe it or not so <laughs> hardy so many people have uh, hopes dreams desires of what they want to accomplish in this world but yet so few of us actually get to live the dream that we created why do you think there's a disconnect between wanting something and achieving something? Um, to be honest, I think everything boils down to desire. I think um, those people who eventually succeed are those people who have uh, an irrational obsession or an uh, irrational passion around succeeding. They really, really want to succeed. They just have the desire. So I think um, at the end of the day, everything boils down to desire and i think um if one has a sufficient level of desire if one has a sufficient level of talent i think it's just a matter of time before one uh, eventually succeeds so you're labeling it desire uh the way i would look at it is because i know a lot of people that have so much desire but the fear within comes in and it stops them from executing so what you're defining as desire is you know overcoming fear so where do you think the fear comes from and how you've spoken to many people in your on your podcast and a lot of them very successful that had fears that overcame it how do you think we overcome our fear and actually go out and achieve something um, I think that's a good question. Um, I think um, almost all of us are suffering from fear at one point or another, fear of not succeeding, fear of eventually failing or having failed. And um, well, the fear of spiders. <laughs> Probably that as well. <laughs> so how do we overcome those fears? Because some people do uh, overcome the fears and some people are still afraid, but they do it anyway. I think that's called courage. So if you were advising a friend and they had a fear of starting their own business, how would you get them to overcome it? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, um, I, I, have, I would have like a little bit of uh, a different approach. Like I would basically ask them and ask them like, hey, come on, um, do you really, really want to, to, to create a business? 
And um, I think if someone really, really wants to create a business, they uh, create a business even though they are feared, even though they are afraid of uh, failing, even though they are afraid of losing money. And I think um, at the end of the day, I think, uh, to be honest, um, when someone doesn't create a business because they have a lack of money or um, because they are afraid of failing, I think it really comes down to they don't want it bad enough. Because for instance, like I have been in a place where I had no money, I have been broker than broke, but I still wanted to create a business. And um, I see it like in, in countless uh, talking to so, so many like um, great entrepreneurs. And I had like also like a lot of uh, social media influencers on the podcast, even like Hollywood actors and so on and so forth. And all of them basically have like a, a similar background of um, being very afraid of, okay, like getting into their thing and afraid of like being uh, shaming themselves in public or doing something wrong in public and so on and so forth. But I think despite those things, they decided to create their business or uh, work towards their dreams. Does this make sense? So share one of your experiences where fear came up and it may have stopped you for a while. Walk us through when that was and how you overcame that fear because it doesn't happen magically. So tell us from your life experience overcoming that so it can be a good illustration for other people listening to the podcast. <laughs> Got it. So uh, basically, um, I, was, uh, I was studying business administration here in Germany and um, I was very unhappy being a student. And um, I come from a background, from a very entrepreneurial background. My father always has been in business. He always uh, had a marketing business his entire life. And I was like, man, like my father didn't study. Uh, I don't like studying. So um, maybe I should work somewhere. And um, so I uh, worked at a firm where they basically, it was a, a security system uh, firm here in Germany, mm -hmm. where um, I was working like uh, doing sales and stuff like that. But um, eventually I, I thought, okay, like, this isn't my thing. This isn't my passion. I think it was like quite boring, to be honest. And um, then, I, then I got into like freelance writing. And from doing freelance writing, I tried a million different things online. And after like a couple of years, I had the chance of working with Neil Patel and helping him with his uh, German marketing. And he's like one of the biggest marketers over in the US, having uh, millions, millions of fans and, and doing like, I don't, I think like maybe 50 million or 100 million in revenue. And I helped him with his German marketing. And um, after helping, uh, after working with him and, and, and collaborating with him, I, I, I basically had the idea, oh, I should start a podcast. And um, then I was able to leverage this relationship with Neil into getting like a lot of clients. Uh, for instance, one of our clients was also on your show recently, Cameron Harrod. Um, yes. Great guy, by the way. And uh, yeah, that's basically my story. Brilliant. So how do you go from... I don't want to be in this company to actually leaving because your dad is an entrepreneur, but also, you know, your mom might be like, what are you doing? You've got a job, you've got a paycheck. <laughs> uh, did you have any of that? Oh yeah, a lot, a lot. Like basically my entire family thought I was insane. So, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, again, it, it really boils down to desire. Like I, it just, I, I just felt that um, doing this whole like, 
uh, working for this company. And I, I was like very, very unhappy, to be honest, very unhappy. And I thought like the alternative of sticking with my job was worse than trying to figure out uh, the whole entrepreneurship by myself. And um, yeah, I had, I had some savings and I felt comfortable that eventually I would find out a way. And uh, yeah. So tell me about this crappy job that you had. There must have been uh, some lessons you took away from that experience that still serve you today. Like, uh, was there anything that you learned out of that? You went, you know, that was a useful lesson. A useful lesson. So basically, um, the job wasn't that like shitty or something. Like it was actually like a very, very prestigious job because uh, they installed like security systems on yachts and boats and uh, very, very big homes. So um, I was for the first time in my life in my early 20s on like big boats and big yachts. And um, what I what I really learned uh, during this time frame is I think uh, how important our uh, relationships are because yes. um, I was really able to meet very, very important people, very, very uh, people who are like uh, high up on the food chain. And um, I realized how important it is to, to really build a great network. And nowadays, like I have done like nearly 350 podcasts in English and 50 podcasts in German. And I've built like hundreds of terrific uh, relationships that uh, really, really helped me to be in the position that I'm now. Absolutely. Because the reason I wanted you to share that is oftentimes people go through life and they had like a, a bad job and they just label it bad and it's a thing in the past. But every human experience we have, there are lessons to be learned. Even jobs that are fantastic. It's like, you know, what is the lesson out of that experience? If we don't capture those, we lose something really, really valuable. Yeah, totally, totally agreed. I think um, like everything, I don't really believe in the whole idea of failure. I think ultimate failure is very, very rare. And um, I think like everything until ultimate failure is basically a learning experience. So uh, yeah, I never viewed failed businesses in the past as, oh, I have failed. For me, it was really a learning experience. So Absolutely. Uh, and I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of sucking, that uh, <laughs> if you're going to do an endeavor, you should endeavor to suck. And what the reality is, <laughs> Is that if people put a little bit of effort in it, the, what they create is not going to suck. It's going to be fairly decent. But if they go yeah. in with the mindset of it has to be really good, then either they never execute or they stress themselves out so much that the end product is not as good as it could be. Because I guarantee 100% when you do this thing that semi-sucked, the next time you do it is going to be better. And the 10th time you do it is going to be pretty freaking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, like uh, like uh, everyone in our companies and uh, my clients know that I'm like really a perfectionist. So I really have like OCD and I try to do everything like as great as possible. But I totally agree with you. I think um, a lot of people, they have this whole like they, they take it a little bit too far. And um, I think um, it's really, really important to eventually arrive at a point where you're like, OK, hey, I really, really need to launch this product right now. I really, really need to sell the service right now because um, actually don't really gain momentum. And I think it's so, so important to build up momentum nowadays. Oh, always has been. I think so. And I think very much uh, in the music industry, I think perfection is what they went for. Well-produced, yeah. beautiful music, sung well, gives you platinum albums. But in the software industry, it was like, how do we create something that's good enough? And then we'll have version... 
2.1 and 2.3, and then we'll do version 3. And it's always improving and going, but just good enough gets it out the door because you need real-world experience. So if you're an entrepreneur out there, I would think that it's really, really important finding a good mentor out there. Would you agree? And how would you recommend people find a mentor? Uh, that's really an interesting question because um, I think uh, in this current environment that we are in, um, everyone take it as a takes it as a given that they need to have a mentor. And I think there are like definite upsides to having a mentor, especially like if someone really really has a lot of experience. Uh, they have like uh, they're working with a lot of great clients. They really have like a, an, an established brand, and and they really know their stuff in and out. I think there are like definite. Um, 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 upsides to that, but I think what's also really interesting to realize is that there are also downsides to having a mentor. Even though you are having a mentor who is doing maybe like ten millions in sets, five millions in sets, or a million in sets, because um, I think um, mentors are sometimes a little bit of uh, uh, like like buying a used car. Like you're basically also buying the problems or the mistakes that uh, the mentor uh, made. But having said that, um, I would say to, to really make sure that the person is knowing their stuff in and out because, um, yeah, I think else you just adopt the bad habits and um, wrong understandings that the mentor has. And uh, uh, having talked to and now having so, so many friends um, in, in very a lot of different areas and a lot of different niches, uh, I found out that Obviously, everyone who has built like a 50 million a year brand or 10 million a year brand, they have like a very, very incredible understanding of, of their business, obviously. But um, I also found out that there are a lot of misunderstandings or a lot of ideas that are just commonly accepted that aren't really true or that aren't really effective. So I think for everyone who is listening to this, they should also be cognizant of that. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, at least in my worldview, is that getting a mentor in your industry uh, has power, but also getting a mentor that has good leadership skills in a totally different industry, or maybe even a nonprofit can be a big blessing. Because sometimes when we get caught up in our own industry, then we get very much a tunnel vision of what we're doing. And sometimes getting somebody wise, and there's lots of people out there that want to help and want to be asked, but you need to find the right fit. And sometimes the mentor is good for between this phase and that phase, and then you need to find somebody else on the next phase. And also becoming a mentor yourself sometimes just gives you mastery over your own craft. Because when you have to explain stuff to the young bloods coming up, sometimes you kind of go, oh yeah, you get insights as well. Yeah, and, and um, I, I, I think um, for, for everyone who is listening to this, because I know that uh, you have built your brand around like sales and marketing, and I'm really, really fascinated by sales and marketing. And um, I think, for instance, like what I just was thinking about, I think that there are so, so many entrepreneurs, and it doesn't really matter at what level they're at. I see this like everywhere, who really think about, uh, they have to in, be like increase their salesmanship skills and they have to improve their sales. And there's definitely a point at a time and place for that. And I think, yeah, you have to improve your sales skills. But what I see is that a lot of people are addressing symptoms um, of not having a great brand. And I think um, yes. it's so, so important in this day and age to not only focus on selling and improving your salesmanship skills and your salesman or your sales processes or your marketing processes 
companies. But I think what's really, really important to understand is that you will have the most leverage coming from your brand. And I think if you build a big brand and, and, and really a really respected brand, I think sales will just become effortless. Like for instance, I had a really, really, really hard time selling my services uh, three or four years ago. Um, and I think I was pretty good at sales. Like uh, mm -hmm. I was always the guy who didn't have like a, a lot of problems meeting new people. I was always the kid who always quickly find new friends and stuff. And, um, and, 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 and I really had like salesmanship skills, but I didn't really focus on building a brand. And um, the moment when I started my podcast like two years ago and uh, having worked with Neil and then getting more clients and this and that and really focusing on building up my brand, like selling is very, very easy nowadays. So I think for everyone who's listening to Brand me, builds trust. And that trust is basically what makes, allows sales to happen really easily. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that's kind of interesting is, uh, you know, as we build our companies, sometimes, you know, we reach the $10 million mark. And the people that are with us do not have the capacity to go to a $50 million company. But one of the things that's kind of interesting is there's people in $50 million companies that started out at zero. And now at this $50 million company, they've reached this height where it's like all the passion and love for what they do is gone. And you as a $10 million company can go and say, come help us. And a lot of times people earning a lot more money will take a pay cut to come down to your company to help you accelerate to 50 because they're hands-on with the employees and the passion is there. Good point, yes. So how do you, as you help companies and as you build your own company, how do you create a culture in the company where people go above and beyond the call of duty? Um, so uh, I think it's always easier to say uh, what something not is instead of what something is. And I think um, a lot of people, again, I think they really address symptoms. I think... And there's a time and place to think about like ping pong tables and drinking beer with your employees and having fun and so on and so forth. But um, I think first and foremost, for everyone who is listening to this, like it doesn't matter if you're like doing 100 million, 10 million, 1 million, or if you're just starting out, um, I think it's really, really important to really hone in on your vision. I think it's all about your vision at the end of the day. And it's really important to really think about like what kind of people do you want to attract in your company like what kind of employees do you want to have like what kind of environment do you want to build and i think if you really know the end of uh, of your vision and if you really know the destination it creates a journey at the end of the day i think um you will find the means and you will find ways to attract the right people like for instance um because um i'm really really taking taking our growth seriously and scaling seriously. So how we are basically hiring people is like, hey, if you aren't like really, really obsessed about this job, or if you aren't like work class at it, or if you don't at least like have a, think you have like a great talent at doing this specific thing, um, you are not a good, good fit for us. And um, I think like much, some people might take it the wrong way and think this is arrogant, but it's just like filtering out the wrong people because um, you will realize that if you don't really have like a specific vision and if you don't say like, hey, I'm looking for this, uh, you will get a lot of wrong uh, employees or you find yourself working. And that's with expensive. Yeah, expensive and exhausting. <laughs>
Very much so. So Hardy, uh, if there were three pieces of advice you could give entrepreneurs to be successful in 2021, what would they be? Um, the first advice would be focus on your brand. It's all about your brand. I think um, uh, if you aren't uh, creating content like white blog post, uh, white uh, publish uh, podcast, publish YouTube videos. And if you don't really want to create a personal brand or you have like already a very, very big company, make sure you are getting into content marketing. Whether it's uh, building blog posts, doing guest blogging, social media, it's all about uh, building like a world-class brand nowadays. So first nice. I would say, get the branding right. Second, I would say, um, really, really make sure um, that you are getting hiring the right people. Because I think at the end of the day, Critical. all business problems are people problems. And if you solve the people part, I think everything will take care of itself. So make sure that you're getting the best people that you can and hire the best people. And I think no matter how high your bias, uh, bars of, of hiring com uh, employees, make sure to raise it. I think um, it's so important uh, to work with the best people that you can possibly work with, and nice. um, this, the 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 third question, uh, the third thing that I would say or I'd suggest is really, really always be open to finding new ways to address new markets, uh, to launch new products, or to sell other services. Because I think a lot of people they are only focusing on selling their existing services or their existing. Mm -hmm. Products, but I think if you improve the existing products and the existing services, you will only gain uh, incremental improvements. But if you want to grow geometrically, if you want to go like from from zero to one million, and I I don't know like twelve months or something, I think it for a beginner, if you are at ten million and you want to go for 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 like I had people on the podcast who went from like. Uh, a 10 million a year to like uh, 50 million in a matter of two or three years. And I think if you want that geometric growth, it's all about selling new products, addressing new markets, um, because uh, you will, you will, you will have the advantage of, yeah, being able to grow geometrically. Brilliant. Hardy, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I learned a lot. I took some notes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Omar, for having me. It has been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 